The WRSU crew is back. Fall crew. We've got it every weekday now. And we have so much Rutgers sports to talk about. Dennis Geisler, Alex Carmanati, Arnav Sarkar. Eddie Kalegi just left the room. I'm not sure if he's going to be here. <laughs> but regardless, such an exciting one. Guys, what do you want to get to first? Partner, I don't know where to begin. All we, I'll could start say, with, we could start with last night. We could, but all i say is this. It's good to be back in action. So Classes good started today here at Rutgers. We've, we, we've got a full room of guys here. We do. Like, the gang I, is I, I'm back. not in Karma, my bedroom. I have not seen you since May. So it's <laughs> been a long time, Pally. It's so good to see you. And Arnoff, it's good to see you. Good to be with you on a crew for the first time with you and me here. I tell you, we are back in action and we're back in the crib. We're back in the crib. I'll tell you <laughs> no, that. And the crib is rocking and rolling. That's what I'll tell you. Let's go back to the crib, gang. It's been <laughs> yeah, it's right. Well, I'll tell you. I tell you what. It, what what really gets me is that my good friend Shannon Shop, Amir Lighty, is no longer with us, and it's a shame. Uh, as in, he graduated. He's still I know. alive. I know. I trust me. I know he's alive. But I, I mean, a weird way to phrase it. But. <laughs> anyway, what a guy he was. It's weird not having Shannon Shop with me, but sk but but Skip is a one man band now. Regardless of it, we're back in action, and uh, you know what? Let's start with last night. Let's start with last night. I, from what I know what from last, last night, night men's soccer what tied they do? with Yale last night, and that's the second straight game that Rutgers men's soccer is tied with uh, with a, a Ivy League team. But the second straight game they've tied they've tied all together. One and zero to kick off the year back on the twenty fifth of August. They were in Nebraska. They beat Omaha four to two. They play in Nebraska again. Uh, Creighton travels out there. Creighton whoops them six to one. So Creighton's just from there. Are they really? Yeah, Creighton's yes. in uh, Creighton's in Omaha, I think. Are actually, they really? yeah. Yes, I'm not sure. It was two. It was two matches that, in Nebraska to start the season. I yeah. knew it was two matches in Nebraska, but I thought they were from Kentucky. I, 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 don't know why I, I, I learned recently that they were from Nebraska. I found really? that fascinating. Which makes it even more that. weird that they're in the Big East. But right, right. yeah, it, Big East is a weird, weird conference. But anyways, continue with your. The point <laughs> is, is that the, yeah, they were uh, they're one and one at that point. They got smacked six to one. I don't know if you heard about the traveling fiasco, but Rutgers men's soccer coming back from Omaha to New Jersey was an absolute nightmare. They're leaving on Monday. They fly from Omaha to Chicago. Out of all the places, O'Hare International Airport is where this happens. The flight gets canceled. They're stuck in Chicago for that day, from Monday to Tuesday. They finally get a bus on Tuesday afternoon. They take a 16-hour bus ride to get from Chicago back to New Brunswick. They didn't get back here till Wednesday morning, maybe at 6, 7 a.m. And they left Tuesday afternoon at maybe 3. So they had traveling woes getting back. They had a 1-1 tie versus Princeton on uh, Friday. That was the home opener at your sack field. And then last night, they were up 1-0. They lost the lead. It was 2-1. M.D. Myers with his second goal of the game tied it up with about three minutes or so left to go in the, in, in the entire contest. And we ended at two split after 90 minutes. There was a new rule added uh, in NCAA men's and women's soccer. After 90 minutes in the regular season, the game ends. It could be 3-0. It could be 2-2. It could be 6-7. It could be 7-7. Whatever the score is, after 90 minutes, the game ends after that. Only in the playoffs do you see overtime now throughout college soccer in both men's and women's. But regardless, they're 1-1-2. One, one, and two. And for a team that you know has had a lot of hype going into them, they had that great start, they had that tough loss, they have back-to-back ties. It's been kind of disappointing. They know that themselves, but... They have a test on Friday versus Ryder to get things back in swing and get things back in check and really show what this team wants to be. This team is a good team when they really want to be that. And I'm not doubting their overall confidence or their performance. Maybe, maybe the traveling you know, played a role. I don't know. But at the end of the day, this team knows that they're better than this. And how they approach and how they go forward with it We'll have to see going forward, and it all starts on Friday versus uh, Ryder. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up and talk about the travel specifically because I had actually asked Coach McKeldry about that. You were there, too, when we had the preseason presser with him, and I talked about you right. know having to travel out to Nebraska to start your season, a little unconventional playing two games there, and he said, you know, Travel itself can be a hassle and be a bit of a distraction. Fortunately, it was before classes started for them. And, you know, as, as you explained, it, it was certainly a hassle. So, you know, I think that sort of distracted them a little bit and maybe forced them into a little bit of an awkward situation starting against Princeton. But you know what? 
Ivy League teams are still pretty solid in soccer, Absolutely. and the fact that they were able to tie both of them, and also in the way that they were able to tie last night against Yale with just three minutes on the clock with that really impressive header from MD Meyer, which is really solid for the team. And I think, you know what? two ties you would have loved to get a win to start out at your sack field mm-hmm. but I think you'll take the two ties and like you said this team has the potential they're returning a lot of good players and they have some easier opponents coming up before they get into the real teeth of this Big Ten slate so for right now I would not be too concerned well again they got Ryder they got Albany that's Friday that's next Tuesday then next Saturday the 17th Northwestern's coming to town and that is no you know light team to play that's no joke that's no floozy that is a real real deal and to and to begin uh you know big 10 play all together the way to look to start that that's that's a big way for, for them to start that let's say they can win that game versus northwestern but arnoff let, 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 let me get your thoughts all together on uh this team so far with four games in one one and two i mean what have you seen what have you not liked give me your two cents all together um yeah, I was here last night, actually, in the studio for um, the game yesterday against Yale, and I was happy that they were able to get that tying goal, and I was actually, you know, not really expecting it, and then at the last minute, oh, last three minutes, you know, the goal came in, and I had to cut up a highlight for that, and I actually, you know, got it done. It was, I think, the first one I've ever done, like, without any assistance, and, you know, put it on Twitter and everything, but, um, yeah, it was, a, you know, good. Um, it was good that they were able to tie um, for the second time in two games, and, you know, they're not exactly, like, as good as the women's team. I mean, they're, the women's team's been, like, outright dominant, starting 6-0 and oh, and just, you know, completely, like, you know, um, like destroying their oppo- opponents. And after a, a strong season last year going to the College Cup, you know, the men's team isn't quite as good as they are, but, you know, they can find their footing, and it's, you know, certainly early in the season. Um, certainly Northwestern's going to be a tough test um, when they come to um, Yersek. Um, and... Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully the men's team can get some momentum going into those games, and, you know, maybe they'll have a better season this season. Well, again, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. But, Dennis, you were also here. You were uh, coaching yep. Arnoff and helping him <laughs> out and all that. First off, great job last night, Arnoff, uh, producing, okay. getting the game on the air, all of that. Mm-hmm. But, Dennis, you know, you've seen this team. You've seen women's soccer especially, too, and women's soccer has been outright ridiculous. So, we, you know, compare both sides of the spectrum, men's soccer, women's soccer, what have you. How different really are the differences between both teams? I mean, it's hugely different. I mean, for for the women's soccer side, we are looking to the postseason. We're looking to the Big Ten, probably championship game against Again. probably Penn State. Uh, and we're looking to the NCAA tournament. On the men's side, you're looking at potentially not even hosting like the Big Ten tournament quarterfinals. Right. Uh, likely not really in position for an NCAA tournament game right now. Obviously, they do have a bunch of talent, and I don't want to completely write off this team before they've even gotten into Big Ten play. Of course. Um, But I think that's something that at least I have been looking at right now is like, okay, the expectations for the men's team are just so much lower right now. Um, But it means that it is somewhat of a... I guess, more exciting season. Like, we know women's soccer is going to blow out everyone they play oh until goodness. they get to some of these more difficult Big Ten games, and even then a lot of the Big Ten is going to roll over for Rutgers. Uh, but the men's team, it's like a lot of these Big Ten games are going to be a struggle. They're going to mm-hmm. be a fight. So we'll see how uh, a lot of that turns out regardless. I have a bunch of other things to say about the women's soccer team if we pivot over to that. but Please, please do. Okay, uh, I... This is a women's soccer segment now. First, announced <laughs> today, uh, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, Sam Kroger, yep. after a three-goal week, including a brace against Princeton in the first three minutes of the game. Also, Freshman of the Week in the Big Ten, Allie Post, with a goal and an assist, uh, already shaping up to be one of the big rising stars of the next generation of Rutgers soccer. Uh I'm not sure if you guys have any points on either of those. Well, but. I can say, you know, this is really showing how good this team is all around because Allison Lowry already won Offensive Player of the Week two weeks ago. In the so, first week of the season, yes. too, keep in mind. So they are racking up the awards. That's already three-player awards in the first three weeks. So looking pretty good. I mean, it's incredible. And fun fact about Allie Post, and I could be wrong about this completely or I could be right, but her older brother is our good friend J.J. Post who is with Notre Dame. Uh, Chris Sikonis knows him. I know him. V- very, very nice guy, J.J. Post. He's a, he's a 
uh, TV anchor out there. I think that's the case. I believe that, that I, sounds. I legit. believe you are I right because I, right. I saw JJ post post about. Right, haha. JJ post, <laughs> okay, yeah. post about Ali post on Twitter. Okay, it does, post it, does, it does say she has a sibling named JJ. So that is cool. I, it could I actually, be. I, I never connected that right. in my head. Right. Uh, it, that is really cool. And again, that that probably is the case, but a little fun fact about that. But no, but no she's been incredible. And I said this a lot in general last year, and, and I'll say it again. This team is just so young. They're not just built to win last year, and not just this year, but next year and the year after that. And the year after that, and the year after that. I mean, it's incredible how crazy good they're going to be for the next few years and how young they are. Guarantee McClellan's a fifth-year senior. Lynch is, is a senior. Lowry, Brocious, Kroger, Fluchel, juniors. Tiernan's still a sophomore. Mason's a sophomore. And I mean, even Cassidy like, Banks is a sophomore. obviously McClellan has been playing great all year, but not a whole lot of balls have been getting to her. <laughs> I mean, <I'm, laughs> like, we could have a lot of different people in the goal. And absolutely. It wouldn't have changed a whole lot. That she Temple game a bunch was insanity. Yeah, right. she just Golly. got us sat there the whole time. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, again, at this point, you can get Meg McClellan a four-course meal. She can sit out there with the <laughs> lawn chair, have the defense do whatever they want for her, and the game is all over. And again, no discredit to Meg McClellan. She's mm -hmm. a heck of a goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. And she has three shutouts this year for a reason, obviously. But, I mean, you know, the way that defense is also just on pack completely, I yeah, mean, especially, heck, it's incredible. Especially Cassidy Banks, who's yeah. kind of just been that, like, final, like, security valve at yep. the back lines. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of the other uh, backs have kind of been pushing forward at times. Uh, but Cassidy Banks is always back there, always yep. able to make that big athletic burst of speed to beat any counterattack. Yep. And that's, like, that's been really huge for the team in keeping a lot of these clean sheets. No, no she's incredible. And fun fact, she's from New York. No ah, one. just like you. <laughs> uh, well, well, yes, she's from New York, just like me. I think she's from Staten Island. I could be wrong on that. I'm Long Island, <laughs> not Mass Massapequa. Different island. No, 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 no. Nowhere close to Massapequa. <laughs> it's about at least 45 minutes away from Massapequa. I go through Staten Island to get here, so I know we're going off topic. But, but, but what the heck? Let's do it. I, I hop on the Southern State to the Belt Parkway to go through Staten Island. To hop on the uh, Verrazano Bridge and then Staten Island, uh, actually. Then I hop on the Gothels. Then I hop on the New Jersey Turnpike. Then I hop on the 18, and here I am. I I go on uh, I-95 North for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get here. Oh, no. I This summer, we me and my family drove to Florida, so we drove on I-95. drove to Florida? Yes, yeah, we did. We took a long day, two days on I-95. Where so in Florida? Was, uh, Orlando, that's where my grandma lives, so oh, wow. it was pretty exciting. A lot of I-95 fun, and I love some of the roadside things they have there. Yeah, no, I-95 is a wonderful, wonderful time, especially as you go further south. Like, honestly, about uh, any further south than Richmond, it gets kind of weird. Yeah. And, and that's fantastic. I love it. South Carolina just gets fun. South Carolina <laughs> South Carolina's crazy. That's great. Anyway. South Carolina would be my place to go. I would love South Carolina. South I'm Carolina would be great. Georgia, too. I mean... Count me in on that, but in general, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna rotate back to Rutgers. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I actually have a good. I have a good segue for that because you're talking about South Carolina. You've got North Carolina, South Carolina, Duke, and Virginia, the four teams along with UCLA, who are ahead of Rutgers in the current rankings. Rutgers women's soccer sixth, so tied for sixth yes. with Stanford. Wow. So outside of those ACC programs, a Pac-12 team and SEC team, Rutgers is right near the top. I know they stumbled a little bit in the standings after the. Bad first half against Buffalo, right. which a lot of people didn't really see why they dropped like that. But now that right. now they're coming back and they're undefeated, so it's going really well. I mean, it's yeah, incredible. The, at the end of the day, it's so early into the season. It's so early in a non-conference play, and frankly, Rutgers hasn't had the most difficult non-conference slate, which isn't a problem. They'll still easily be able to secure a top four seed in the uh, NCAA tournament without it, just playing through Big Ten play. But that I, I think that is a large part of the reason why they've kind of hovered in the bottom half of the top 10 for the last two weeks, rather than really being one of those top four teams, as I think a lot of us feel like they should be. Right. Well, again, we, we mentioned men's soccer. We mentioned women's soccer. we got to mention football, at oh, least yeah. especially on the first fall crew of 2022. And Dennis, you were right front and center <laughs> for that comeback win versus Boston College. Uh, you and our good sure friend was. Dylan McCoy. I mean... They're down by at least 12 points. They come back to win 22 to 21, and the overall atmosphere was what? Uh, it, it was kind of fascinating. There were a lot of fairly disappointed Boston College fans. There were a lot of Rutgers you fans there. <laughs> I, I really liked uh, 
the turnout from uh, the Scarlet Knights faithful. You could see a lot of Scarlet in the crowd, oh, at great. least from our vantage point, right. which was really cool. Um, there's even <laughs> we're, we're yelling out the press box towards the end of the game, and uh, Rutgers fan uh, pops their head like our, our press box was very close to the stands. Okay. I'm really worried we bothered some Boston College fans just yelling. <laughs> <towards> the <end. laughs> but uh, a Rutgers fan walking past afterwards like reached their head up a little bit and was like, "Yeah, go are you?" And I was like, "Yeah, there you absolutely, rah rah." I heard the story from Dylan Allen, too, how you guys actually had an encounter at a rest stop on the way back. <laughs> we did. We did meet up at a rest stop on the way back. You met with not Dylan like, Allen? Not, or... not intentionally. We oh. were just like, I need to eat because they just tried to feed me clam chowder in the press box, <laughs> and I can't live on that. So we stopped at like the first rest stop that had like a McDonald's, and I needed to like gas up as well. And so we stop inside, and we're like, I'm like shoveling food into my face because I have to make like a five hour drive back down, and I want to get that done as quickly as possible. Wow. And Dylan Allen shows up. But McCoy's even like, Is that DA? And I'm like, That does look like DA. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, obviously, uh, a ton expect? of Rutgers fans. We even saw a couple of other Rutgers people come through that same rest stop. Everyone right. else making the mm-hmm. same drive. Was this in Connecticut, Massachusetts? To, Where uh, was this? This was the, the first rest stop after Boston College. So Got this it. is still in Massachusetts, just outside of Boston on I-84, I want to say. Okay. Um, I know they were like the riot squad had a organized bus trip with a lot of people that made the trip up really? to Boston. So wow. clearly, buses, yeah. yeah, a lot of fans pumped up for the start of the season. And of course, even more pumped up with this win, even though the quarterback situation was a little weird at the start of the game. But it doesn't matter. They won the game and they're I mean, 1-0. You, you could argue the quarterback situation was weird for the entire game. Uh, it still worked. They still won. I'm. I, I, turning turning from super excited, happy fan to like sports media member critic guy, uh, <laughs> I, I would like to see a little bit more, I guess, evolution in the passing game in the next two weeks when they play against Wagner and Temple, two teams that yeah. realistically they cannot stop Rutgers running the ball. I want to see Rutgers be able to pass the ball as well, but like if they just run like Manangai or even Al Shadi Salam, who had a great game, especially on that last drive, yeah. if they just run any of those guys down their throats, they're going to win the game easily. I want to see Rutgers get a little bit more creative with it, show the kinds of offensive play calling that can stump a really great defense like Iowa, who they'll be playing in a couple weeks, or just anyone else in the Big Ten uh, that they'll have to play for the rest of the season. Um, But that's getting a little ahead of myself, I guess. Well, I tell you, it's funny, and part of me was joking about this, but Evan Simon literally started the game. Technically, it was was Johnny Langan. Oh, it was Langan. Which is the funniest part. I think that... (laughs) Because Simon threw the most yards. Simon did throw the most yards. Uh, Okay, so here's the first drive. It was a three and out, and I need to get it correct. It was a Johnny Langan play, which you got... Everyone knows what a Johnny Langan play looks like. It picked up four yards. Um, Evan Simon, I think, was the next one out. And I think he... Now, now I'm getting mixed up. I think it was Wimsat the next one out. He had a handoff that went for like three yards. Right. And then I think Simon had the next one, which is an underthrown pass, uh, I believe to Langan, kind of a check down uh, that ended the drive. So three different quarterbacks on the first three plays of the game. And I want to say that like Shiano, I don't want to say that Shiano was like, doing something that was not going to let the team win. But I think a large part of the reason why he had Langan out there first is to like show every Rutgers fan that there was not a starter, like not a starting quarterback for this game. Wow. That they that there there literally just was no starter because Langan was in first. You can't wow. really call him the starting quarterback, so, but nobody else. So with that in play And then at see- that point they right. just kind of alternated out for the rest of the game. Sure. I expect that's what we'll see against Wagner okay. is a pretty similar thing. Maybe they both switch out on the first drive, okay. assuming it doesn't go very far. Um, and then they just kind of alternate drives for the rest of the game, which I don't really mind. It's Wagner, sure. like, who right. really cares? Um, <laughs> same thing in some ways for Temple, I think. Right. Um, I would like to have a more settled starter by Iowa or at least clearer roles right. for the two players. Like, I mean, you would hope that that's when Big Ten play kicks off, and that's the yeah, exactly. main, main yeah. part of the schedule, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I can imagine a multidimensional quarterback room 
that has room for multiple different players, but I would like to see why we use the different guys. Like, I understand why we have Johnny Langan, uh, like, as the quarterback when Johnny Langan is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He could potentially throw the ball, but I know what he does for the team, and I know what, like, the point of having him there is. I want to know what the difference is in the coaches' minds between Evan Simon and Gavin Wimsat, mm. and I wasn't really given a clear indicator that they had that knowledge or understanding okay. of what they wanted to do with these two different players yeah and you kind of want to have this settled like you said by iowa not just because that's when big Pen- big 10 play starts but when you look at the structure of the schedule you know you've got iowa indiana nebraska three of your first four big 10 opponents right. those you could argue might be the three most winnable games the- all three at home i have yeah. to mention yeah. as well yes the path to a bowl for Rutgers really is their first seven games of the season. Because after that, aside from Maryland, there are a lot of games and a lot of road games in there that they're probably going to lose. So you want to have the stability and have a game plan going into Indiana, who they own in every sport, Nebraska, who has Scott Frost, and Iowa, who could not score a touchdown against South Dakota State. So Scored more points on safeties, safeties. than offensively. Yes. Did they yes. really? Yeah, yeah, they had a field they, they goal won, and two safeties. They won 7-3. to three. And that, two of those were safeties. Yeah. Oh, my there are goodness. Four points on safeties. Point oh, my goodness. So, you wow. know. I cannot wait for uh, Cyhawk this weekend. Uh, I'm so excited. It <laughs> <laughs> was so incredible. Spencer Petras, I'm looking at it right now. 11 to 25, 109, one pick. He yeah. and Gavin Wimson, uh, Wimsat both threw an interception this past week. Yeah, it's and incredible. I, I, I didn't see what Petras's interception looked like. Wimsat's was right. definitely an arm punt. Um, as much as it was, the the outcome of it was unfortunate. It was definitely an arm punt. Okay. Um. But yeah, I'm just I, I'm I'm very excited for Iowa Iowa State this weekend. It's going to be deeply ridiculous. Well, oh my goodness. Well, again, you know, we'll see we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, again, this is a team last year that went three and zero, and people mm-hmm. saying six and six bowl game, whatever, five and seven, disappointing, mm-hmm. but. Because of good old COVID nineteen that that affected Texas A and M, Rutgers had the bowl game opportunity and of course lost to Wake Forest. Dennis, you were there as well in Jacksonville. I was so, there. So, uh, you know. And speaking of Wake Forest, Sam Hartman is cleared to return, yes. which is super exciting. Oh yes. wow! Yeah, oh. I'm I'm excited to see how that team does. They were, they they fascinated me in the bowl game last year, man. and I they're still so young. And yep. if Hartman's back like next week, he doesn't need to be because they're playing against Vanderbilt and. Uh, Vanderbilt's like, not good. <laughs> yeah, any, anybody, any quarterback can beat Vanderbilt with the team around <laughs> and, uh, Hartman. But if he's back for ACC play, it's going to be a fascinating team. Wake Forest, Clemson in a couple weeks could be really good. But again, my point is is that hopefully history does not repeat itself in the sense where you start 3-0, and then you go 3-3, and you finish 5-7. and Maybe this time you won't get that fortunate with a COVID outbreak or that fortunate with a yeah, COVID situation. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen again. Yeah, and, but... What helps them is that compared to last year, Rutgers, right out of the gate, out of that non-conference play, they got stuck playing the best teams in the Big Ten. They had to play Michigan, That's Ohio fair. State, Michigan State. That's why they were 3-3. Three and three. Yeah, they had a couple of bad losses. They should have beaten Michigan, though, in that game. Yeah, they, 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 sl- they had opportunities against Michigan that they And I guess that. that's kind of yeah. the, the secondary thing that I will say is that sure. it is not a – if Rutgers does not exit the first seven games 6-1, and one, it's not – great for bull qualification but it's also not awful either right um because rutgers has shown the ability to win maybe not to win against good big 10 opponents but at least to compete against good big 10 opponents and i think this team is only going to get better over the course of the year i think the offensive line is going to improve i think a lot of the running back room is very young and is going to improve the quarterbacking obviously really realistically it can't be worse than it is now and a lot of the players are young and going to improve as well so I, I think that's the big thing is that if, if they exit the first couple of ga- the first seven games like five and two like right. they lose to we'll say Ohio I, State obviously well uh, Ohio State obviously uh, except I'm there regular season wins guy will be in Columbus <laughs> and Ohio State better be on notice um, but apart from that and, and let's uh, say that happens there's no way you're getting back to New Brunswick because the <laughs> campus and everything might not be functional by Monday morning <laughs> um, true. I forgot where I was going. They lose one of the other games as well. It won't be Indiana, but uh, either Iowa or Nebraska. Um, 
if they exit two. five and two from those first couple games, right. I think that there is a room for them to pick up an unexpected win in Minnesota. those next five games. Potentially Minnesota, Minnesota or even potentially Michigan State. I don't know how good they're going to be. Rutgers has beaten them just in uh, on the road in 2020, the right. first game of the new Shiano era. Same thing with Maryland. Same thing with Maryland. They've shown abilities uh, to play against them. And if this team plays better over the course of the season and plays competitive in a lot of these games, at least one of them is going to have to flip their way. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. I think I think five and two is reasonable. Six and one would be great in the first seven games. I don't think that's happening because they're going to slip up one of those Big Ten games. As as much as I have fun making fun of Iowa because they couldn't score a touchdown against South Dakota State, <laughs> I I think they're better than that. I know they took a step back from last year, but it's hard to see a team be that caliber when last year they spent multiple weeks top five in the country. Yeah, right. and they so, do have a, they do have a couple true. of tune-up games. Yeah. So like Iowa-Iowa State, like South Dakota's a mulligan. It's your FCS game. If you play terrible, it's like, okay, it was the FCS game. We still won, whatever. Iowa-Iowa State, that's the extremely important rivalry for them. Sure. Yeah. They're going to want to be ready for that one. Right. And if they look bad there, we can reconsider yeah. and say, okay, they got blown out like 35-10 by Iowa State. And right. Iowa State's not all that good right, right now. They don't have Brock Purdy anymore. Where is he now? That's a good question. He got drafted. He was Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, is he on an NFL roster? I'm going to look right now. I did not see him come up in NFL Fantasy when I was looking for my player in the final round of the University <laughs> Sports Draft. Oh, man. <laughs> we got to talk about Fantasy yes, later. We will. But He's a quarterback, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco. San Francisco. You're right. He is in San Francisco. Um, but, yeah, if they get blown out by Iowa State, we can relook at yeah. it and say, okay, yeah, this team may actually be pretty bad, like – and then they have Nevada the week after, and it's like, okay, whatever. But I think for right now, we'll assume that Iowa is at least a top half Big Ten team. Yeah. Maybe not like sure. top two right. or top three, right? but somewhere in that top seven range. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, That's, which I think could be enough for them to get over the top against Rutgers. But even still, if Rutgers is five and two through seven games, like you said, Minnesota could potentially be winnable. Maryland is always, you know, it's back in and practice. Forth. You don't know. In practice should be winnable. And then, like Dennis said, Kenneth Walker is no longer a Michigan State Spartan. We don't know how good they're going to be. Last time Rutgers went to Michigan State, it was Shiano's first game, and they won. So there are a lot of paths to getting to six wins. And I said it during the summer crew when Dennis was here. I thought Boston College was one of the most important games for this team this season. And the fact that they were able to win it, start off 1-0, is going to be huge for this team going and, forward. And, and on the other end, I was extremely worried about the Boston College game. So the fact that they went and won it in the way that they did, where they looked better as the game went on, is really important for this team and really important for bowl eligibility. Yeah. I mean, you get you get 12 games. Two of them are freebies. This is one of the other important ones before you get into conference play. And it, it was big that they won it, partly for confidence and partly just for having won the game. Yeah, and there were a lot of games last year where it was the opposite. They got worse as the game went on. Mm -hmm. So it's good to see positive progression, even with the lack of consistency at quarterback. Well, look, we'll see how it all plays out. But before we go to break, Brock Purdy. Draft uh, ranking 1,547 in fantasy football. Per percentage rostered, 0.1. You can become the one, Eddie. 0.1. You can, you can become one of the few people although who rostered Although there's a 0% right change in the, in the last week. Okay. Zero percent change. Well, you could, I could I could change that too. <laughs> you, you you could you could be you could be the the one person in the world who starts him, Eddie. The thing is, I, I don't want to get rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He means too much mm. to Daddy Daddy Notice. <laughs> Didn't he retire? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Do, okay. Hold, whoa, 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 hold. Why <laughs> would you have a guy that's retired on your roster? And look, Brock Purdy, I wouldn't take either. But you rather have a retired guy on your roster over a guy who's second scrub, third scrub, whatever, second string, third string, and then just leave him on your bench? Why would you have a retired guy? And first off, why Ryan Fitz? Okay. Why Ryan Fitzpatrick? Hold on. Carm, you're not in the fantasy league, right? I'm not. Okay. You know what? We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to have to talk about this because you missed a lot in this fantasy draft. I must draft, have. So, yes. We're going to have to discuss this. <laughs> we got locks we'll, of the we, week. We've got locks. Yeah. We'll talk about fantasy yeah, locks, during it Locks, fantasy. Also. We'll stay. Uh, so take a break. Bottom of the hour here. Eddie Kalegi with Dennis Geisler, Alex Carmenati, Arnav Sarkar, all back in person. First episode of crew here for the 2022-23 school year on WRSU-FM New Brunswick. 
Locks of the week. We are back with Locks. Summer crew is over. Fall crew is back. Five days a week now. Monday through Thursday, 6 to 8. Friday, 4 to 6. Eddie Kalegi here with Dennis Geisler, Alex Carmen Adi, and Arnav Sarkar. And the thing I am most excited about is that I can make an NFL lock this time. Because week one starts in just two days with the Bills and the Rams. But I'm going to look to a game on Sunday. And I know it's a minus 105, but you know what? I don't care because plus money never works for me, and I'm not putting any money on this, so I'm just just talking so I can say whatever <laughs> I want. The Ravens are playing against the Jets, and, you know, Joe Flacco might be the quarterback. So, Oh, my goodness. I, the, good buddy. the Ravens are going to win this game by more than seven. Lamar Jackson is angry. He's playing for a contract right now. He's upset with all the money that Kyler and Russell Wilson and everything. So... I think Lamar is going to play really, really well in this game. I don't think it's going to be particularly pretty for the Jets in week one. Ravens are going to win this one by two possessions. So hammer this, minus 105. Ravens will cover, and then some. They will win this game by at least seven. More than seven. Okay. Well, You seem a little and, no, no, no. frazzled right now, Alex. No no, no. no, no, no. My point is that anybody in their brother – would expect the Ravens to win that game. Exactly. That's what my lock is. Though. I know. And at the shed, <laughs> I agree. But I'm just saying. It's just, uh, I mean, the Jets are the Jets. And the Jets are hopeless. We all know that. It's just, but Joe, Joe Flacco might start against his old team. Well, I don't, know if, funny. I don't know if Zach Wilson's healthy. And they seem to like Flacco more than Mike White. And Chris Streveler, the rush king, is not on the roster. Wow. So. If Joe Flacco, old man <laughs> Joe, <on> roster. <laughs> plays against his old team in week one, and again, they're not going to win, but let's say they win somehow, that'd be really intriguing. Just want to say that. Really, 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 really intriguing. I mean, Zach Wilson's still going to get the job back. I know, <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying, but just, just, that's a way for the old man to go out. It's true. It's a good He's way a legend. To go I out. loved when he was on the Eagles as like their third string quarterback for that very brief period. How long was that for? It was only a few weeks. It was in like, tw- it was last. Wait, I forgot if it was last year or the year before that. Jalen Hurts was on the team when he was there. I think it was when Minshew was there too. It might have been last year briefly. Wow. Yeah. And then now Flacco's on the Jets, and now he's the starter for the New York Jets week one. So I don't oh think Jets God. fans were hoping for that, but that's what they got. So, Mr. Geisler. Um, I'm going to go to college football because that's what I want to go to. Um, I'm going to go to future Big Ten team, 10th ranked USC. They'll be on the road against Stanford on Saturday. Line is USC minus nine. I'm going to take USC on that. I think Stanford's pretty bad. I think USC is pretty good. I think they're going to want to make a statement in this one as their first game against a like Pac-12 opponent, like first game, obviously, I mean, since Big Ten announcement, but also Lincoln Riley's first game against a Pac-12 opponent. Uh, Caleb Williams, uh, Jordan Addison, like all these players, everything that USC has been doing over this offseason has led up to this game first and foremost. Like it didn't lead up to Rice. They don't care about Rice. Um, And I I think they're going to want to make a bit of a statement, so I don't think they're going to let this one be close. Uh, So I'm going to say... Minus nine USC. I think they'll win by two or three scores, but minus nine is pretty clean on that one. Yeah. I th- I just want to say it's fascinating now with the way NIL is and with the transfer portal and player uh-huh. movement, how a team like USC can literally have an off-season rebuild and go from being fringe top 25 to being really, really good. Bringing yeah. in Lincoln Riley and obviously, he, obviously point, he attracted the, people there, but yeah. you know. NIL and some, you know, oh, endorsement deals helped out too. And now he's got a stud in Caleb Williams, a quarterback, and Jordan Addison as a receiver. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing the transition they've had. And they're going to be set up really well when they come and to the what, Big Ten in two years. Exactly. And what puts the icing on the cake is that the fact they're going to be a Big Ten team. It's gonna UCLA be is going to be a Big Ten team. I mean, at this point, I mean, we got the east to the west and inside the middle, the Midwest, of course, as well. I mean, it's it's, it's just incredible. Eddie, you'll, you'll still be here when we get trips to L.A., won't you? Yes, I think I'm uh, the I only won't. person currently in the department. Yep, I, yep. I will That's, get to uh, go watch Chip Kelly coach against Rutgers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Chip Kelly will still be in UCLA by then. <laughs> if Scott Frost could be gone by the time Rutgers plays Nebraska, Chip Kelly could be out 
out there by the time I, I don't, or I don't two years Frost from now. What about Scott be. Frost and Chip Kelly facing off in a Nebraska UCLA conference game? That, oh, would, be, <laughs> that would be hysterical, but that's not gonna happen. <laughs> on, on CBS 330's uh, CBS's 330 block. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, enough. I'm so excited for. Uh, what do you got for us? Future. All right, so that's exciting. Oh no! I, 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 for, <laughs> I was gonna say like that part's for, not exciting. For Nebraska, UCLA, or for Arnov? <laughs> like I'm excited about Arnov's lock, but of I'm also course. just excited about UCLA and Nebraska I'm on saying, CBS. Yeah, I oh. think that's funny. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, Big Ten on CBS should be pretty fun. I always mm-hmm. do enjoy the CBS um, on as you see on CBS broadcasts actually. But um, uh, I looked at the spread. I'm definitely like you know Rutgers is definitely gonna win against Wagner. I'm not sure if it's gonna be by the 50 and a half points that I'm seeing on one of the sites. One that I do feel more confident is Alabama covering the minus 20 spread over Texas. I don't think Texas like really stands a chance in this game. I mean it's possible that they cover, but I'm gonna pick against them. I'm saying Alabama by more than 20 points over Texas. I was looking at that one too. Actually, I was I was feeling that as well, but. I didn't want to like totally go against Texas. They'll be hosting. It's it's a home game. It's uh, game day. Like they've got Quinn Ewers. Like I I didn't want to go like totally against them, but I I definitely see where you're coming from. I, I like the lock. Yeah, I feel like that game's being like overhyped because it's it is Texas. definitely being overhyped. There's also just not a whole lot of interesting games like yeah. this week. Yeah, oh, there's like Tennessee Pitt, but that that's like kind of fine. It, it's a fine mid-tier matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Appalachian State Texas A&M is a very underrated yeah, matchup. It's not. It, okay. It's not. It's it's not an underrated matchup. Sixty-one points <laughs> for Appalachian State last week. I don't know. They I gave think... up sixty-three points. Well, you're losing your mind. But Eddie. if they could score sixty-one. Again, <laughs> and, and, and then what? Maybe and Texas, Texas A&M, A&M only scores score like ninety. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not gonna happen, Eddie. Incredible. Green All Bay, right, Minnesota, Week One, Fox, four twenty-five p.m. Eastern Time. It's the game of the week. That is the game of the week. America's for, game of the week, even. For, exactly, Amer- America's game of the week. No more better. Joe Buck, though. I know. I'm sad. Oh, yeah, I, forgot I love about Joe that. Buck. I, I'm sorry. Say what you want about Joe Buck. I love Joe Buck. I have no I strong feelings is, on him. I think he's phenomenal. He gets too much hate. And at the end of the day, Joe Buck couldn't care because Joe Buck's running away with all the cash. And he's going. He's getting traded from Fox to ESPN. He's getting you know, a much, big, much better gig, more money probably out of it. Say what you want about Joe Buck. He's incredible. Anyway, Green Bay, Minnesota. I guarantee. I'm going to sound like Mark, Mark, Mark Messier here. I guarantee Aaron Rodgers will throw for over 250 yards in his first game of the season. I also guarantee Green Bay walks out with a win, and whether he's thrown to Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, yeah, you know, I'm very, very questionable about what's going to happen this year, especially without Devontae Adams, but Aaron is back in town, and Aaron has been talking about Christian Watson in a very positive way recently. He really likes the way he's playing in practice and what have you. So, you know, maybe Christian Watson can really, really shine early on in his career, his first game with the pack. I think Green Bay is going to win. I think they win win within seven points. At the same time, I think Aaron's going to have a good game. I think Green Bay really shows out. They go 1-0, and they start strong against a Minnesota team that's going to be eh, you know. You know, they're not... They're not Green Bay, but it is the Packers' division to lose, basically. That's where it looks at. And Green Bay, so many questions. Maybe they'll win 10 games, maybe 9, 8, whatever. You know, we'll see. I think they win the division regardless at whatever pace it is. I sadly don't see them going past the first round, no matter who they play. But I think they start week week, week one strong, and they'll take down Minnesota to start 1-0. I actually agree with what you said 100%, which is a rarity. So Really? Yes, congratulations, <laughs> because... Let's look back at that game last year against the Cardinals and how pretty much the entire Packers wide receiving core had COVID. He had Randall Cobb and nothing else, and he was still able to beat Arizona, who at the time was undefeated. So, and throw for 240 yards in that game. They still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Oh, I love Aaron Jones. They're going to be fine. Vikings have a good offense. There are still questions about that defense. I also think it's hilarious now that Jalen Rager is on the Vikings with Justin Jefferson. Is he really now? Yeah, the Eagles traded Jalen Rager to Minnesota last week. Did they? Yes. (laughs) Wow. They somehow got like a sixth round pick back for him i didn't think they were going to get anything back i thought thought they were going to straight up have to cut him oh my goodness so now he's there but the vikings don't really have enough justin jefferson is a great receiver i still think Kirk cousins a really good quarterback 
Dalvin Cook can have a potential for a solid year on the ground, but the Packers are still the team to beat even without Devontae Adams. That's right, and and just and just re- remember, don't let Kirk Cousins play on a Monday night. Yes. When he does, <laughs> well, honestly, it's horrible, but for me, it's my favorite time of the year. Because when Kirk Cousins plays on a Monday night, I tell you, I am so happy and thrilled. I get to see the Vikings lose. I get to see Kirk Cousins play horribly. That's fine with me, but for the for the state of Minnesota, it's not that great. Anyway, with that, locks are over. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll have some more to talk about in the first fall crew of 2022. Keep it tuned. The WRSU crew on a Tuesday evening, live on 88.7 FM and online at WRSU.org. Back on the Tuesday crew, WRSU FM New Brunswick, live uh, for it on 88.7 FM and online at WRSU.org. I'm Alex Carbonati with uh, my good friends, Arnav Sakar, Eddie Kalegi, Dennis Geisler. The gang is back, and we're back in the crib for a whole new fall 2022 campaign. Gentlemen, what's next? Fantasy football. All right. We have the WRSU Fantasy Football League, and it'll be starting this weekend because that's when the NFL is starting. Yes, and the prime matchup of the week. You could call it, you call it, you could call it America's Game of the Week. Yes, America, <laughs> like, the really? real America's Game of the Week. Really? Daddy, Daddy, notice me. Takes on animal style. I'm sorry, who? <laughs> <laughs> who takes on who? What's going on here? Eddie Kalegi's Daddy, Daddy, notice me. Takes on Dennis Geisler and animal style. Now, why are you Daddy, Daddy, yada, yada, yada? Uh, you were not on Monday summer. It's crew. an Ellis Gordon. Quote? It is an uh, yes. Oh, no. So oh. basically, what happened was. David Palumbo and Ellis Gordon got quite into quite the argument about the Mets and the Yankees. Of course they did. And then Ellis said something along the lines that the Mets and the Red Sox are the Yankees' little brother or the son pulling on their father's just like pants and saying, Daddy, Daddy, notice me. And for that reason, I, I got to go back and clip team. that now after. Oh, yeah. uh, let's not. I don't think that's a good idea. It's already clipped once when <laughs> Ellis said it. Yeah, Ellis's one is clipped. Uh, mine is animal style because I just thought it was funny. I was thinking of words and uh, <laughs> animal like, style. Yeah, like uh, In and Out Burger. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I heard something. You mentioned me during the summer crew. I heard that. You put it in the group chat, and you mentioned something about a caramel shake. I heard that. Yeah. What's the story behind that, pal? All right. So I was at Wawa, and I got a caramel chips ahoy shake, and it was really, really good. And I felt the need to bring it up on a Monday edition of the crew. And I had a little verbal slip up as I was trying to say caramel, because Palumbo just stuns me and says, what flavor is it? And I said, oh, car- uh, caramel. <laughs> it's it's caramel. flavored. A caramel shake. They don't have uh. caramel shakes at Wawa, so folks, if, if you're looking for a caramel shake, you're not going to find a caramel shake at all. You'll you find it. a caramel shake, but definitely no caramel. <laughs> it was very good, though. That's what matters. I'm sure it was lovely. But you know who else is very good, Alex? Dennis Geisler's number one overall pick. He uh, was I, it was not 13, number one no, overall. No, yeah, first was, round pick. It was number my first 13 round pick, in the draft. In the... Isaiah Pacheco. He went 13th Seriously? overall. Yeah. <laughs> you picked Isaiah Pacheco for the 13th overall pick? Yeah, I mean, of course. That's, that's, I, I, that's I didn't think funny. he was going to fall to me. I'm, I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, 13th overall. They, they let me have Pacheco? That's insane. Uh, wow. So I am starting Pacheco this week is what I'm saying. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't really have a lot of better options. Uh, I kind of my, – my draft is kind of terrible because I don't have a first-round pick. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of, like – waiver and like bench stuff just to like figure things out i also picked bo melton in the last round did you now um i wow. ended up like uh releasing him because he's on the seahawks practice squad like he's not gonna play um but i i'm gonna start pacheco i think pacheco will genuinely be how many points is he expected actually uh 3.1 right now okay um on espn which isn't good um, but for his, but like for the fact that he's like a rookie, right? It's not bad. And for his role. we don't really know what the running back room looks like for Kansas City. I think it's possible that he puts up a decent amount more than that. Like my question right now, I guess, is whether I want to hedge my bets and try something else for right now. Put in like uh, I also don't have a whole lot of good options for like a better flex. Um, I have like um, Kenny Galladay. Which, I don't know. I think he'll be good this season, but if I don't want to trust him week one. Yeah, if he's healthy, Maybe of he'll course. catch a touchdown this season. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Maybe, maybe he'll be healthy consistently this season. That's a big question, too. Who I have knows? Jamison Crowder, but I don't want to start him because I, I, I just want the Bills to do badly because uh, 
Eddie has Josh Allen and uh, Devin Singletary. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's for the listener and for Carm's sake. Right now, I'm favored by 14. The lineups look like this. Things could change. So wow. I've got Josh Allen at QB. My running backs are Aaron Jones and Devin Singletary. Good pick for Jones. Devontae Adams, uh, Darnell Mooney, and Alan Lazard are my three receivers. Alan, I like him. Goddard as my tight end. Like then I've Alan. got McPherson as my kicker in the Ravens defense against Joe Flacco. And then Animal Style has... I, I, uh, it's I've a been, little scary with the first two because Carson Wentz is the quarterback and Isaiah Pacheco <laughs> is RB1. Carson Wentz is going to go crazy this weekend. I'm just telling you I that. I would hope. It's against sake. Jacksonville. Like, oh, it'll oh, go it crazy, yeah. yeah. Watch him lose. <laughs> Wait, is your He back? did lose to Jacksonville last year, though, with the Colts in the final week of the season. That is true. That well, is true. Wait, so your two quarterbacks are Carson Wentz and Justin Fields? Yeah, I don't have uh, – it. yeah. I had Trubisky, and then I was like, <laughs> I don't know about wow. this. I, I had Trubisky, and then I picked up Kenny Pickett, oh and I was like, I don't think I need both Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. I honestly don't think I need either of them. Carson Wentz, I feel like, has a – can, can actually put up good numbers. Like, sure, Trubisky's yeah. kind of a safe quarterback where he'll put up, like, moderate numbers. Like, yeah. I think he'll play a lot of the season, and I think he'll put up decent numbers. But I think Carson Wentz is honestly a safer pick. I'm looking at some of the other matchups. But this... to, to list everything else yeah, out, Carson Wentz, Isaiah Pacheco, Joe Mixon, okay. uh, Mike Williams, okay. uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Cordero Patterson, the Miami defense, and Justin Tucker. Okay. Uh, my starting defense is the uh, Bills defense, but uh, one, they're playing against the Rams, and uh, Miami's playing against the Patriots, and two, it's just easier for me to say I want the Bills to do poorly in my brain. That's fair. Yeah. No, you're right. You're um, right. but I, I I liked how Miami and Buffalo kind of matched up together because they're both they were both pretty good defenses last year. Miami's probably going to be a lot worse, and I'm worried about that. But they alternate off good games, so I, I picked them up off waivers just as like a and the secondary playing thing. Who? Uh, They're playing oh, the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, that's Which, at Gillette. No, that's at Miami. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, wow. I think. Wow. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, one of the other funny things is that our matchup will be decided. Assuming these lineups hold, it'll be decided before Sunday Night Football starts. <laughs> Completely, <laughs> all of our players will have played. Wow. <laughs> um, that, wow. Unless we swap around our lineups. Uh, I'm looking at some of these other games. One that's supposed to be close. Two of the highest scores are. Uh, DA against Mo. Uh, okay. DA's team is Kyler before Cod, of course, Call of Duty. Uh, he Fair is, enough. He is favored by two points, and ironically, he has Kyler Murray as his quarterback. I think he probably did that. He, yes. he named it after he picked up Kyler Murray. <laughs> I would think. Yeah. I would assume. He's got a, actually a very solid team because he's got Kamara and Dalvin Cook as his running backs. Ooh. Jerry Judy and Michael Thomas, who is due for a better season at receiver. Rashad Penny as his flex. Kittle is his tight end, and then he's got Greg Joseph and the Browns defense. That that's that's a good team. His team's pretty deep. Greg Joseph's the kick, kick, kicker for the Vikings. Right? Yes, he is. Yes. yes, and then Mo has Jalen Hurts as his quarterback. McCaffrey and Cam Akers, who both have high upside but injury history. As yeah, his I'm sure they backs. won't get injured. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure most most entire team won't be destroyed by two injuries. His receiving core is. Deontay Johnson and then Gabe Davis. Of course, there's a lot of hype around Gabe Davis because of the playoff game. Christian Kirk, who the Jags signed in the offseason. He's got Gasicki as his tight end. Dylan Carlson as his kicker in the Colts defense. So that, I think, is projected as the closest game. And they're both, I think they're two of the three highest projected scorers this week, too. It's projected mm-hmm. to go 121-119. So that's one of the other uh, key matchups this week. Um, but of course, nothing is topping Daddy Daddy Notice Me against Animal Style. Daddy yeah, no, that's Daddy Notice Me. An, an epic matchup. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Daddy Daddy Notice Me. You, you can't make that up, Arnoff. No, no, no you, you, you can't. It's just too funny. You, you can't, can't make it up. He did. You can't make it I, up. I guess Ellis did, actually. Yeah, but he never copyrighted it or trademarked it. So that's a good point. Eddie's just going to take yes. advantage of that one. And, of course, I have my moral leader, Ryan Fitzpatrick, off the bench. Oh, give me mm-hmm. a break. Maybe he'll come out of retirement and yeah. off of the Thursday night football pregame show. <laughs> Give it, uh, given that I handicap myself so much by not having a first-round pick, I have, <laughs> I, 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 I've gotten rid of any moral leader on the bench stuff and taken like heavy advantage of everything that I can do. I have my IR filled up and everything. Oh. Uh, Who's on your IR already? Uh, Gus Edwards. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I I drafted oh, yeah, him. I, I was I like, <laughs> yeah, I I, I draft. I, I can't remember if it was on waivers or I drafted him, but I was like, okay, if I get Gus Edwards, like maybe in like six weeks, he'll be like a, a top two running back for like on the Ravens team, or even like a feature back on the team. And it's like, okay, it's that's playable. And right. like I I need someone to fill up my IR of uh, Thornton from uh, New England on the IR as well. I'm like. I, I, I need everything I can get, Carm. <laughs> Fair enough. And Alex, don't think that me and Dennis are the only two ones who did some silly stuff. Des Bryant got picked in the last round of this draft by our very own Dylan McCoy. And Ben DiNucci was also a draft pick in the last round. Ben DiNucci? By who? Coach Hawn. Coach Hawn? Yes, Hawny. <laughs> You're kidding me. And, 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 and Brett is like easily like the top uh, team projected I've heard, so far. I've heard he, he's, he's, got, he's got a real lineup. What what does Captain Fox's roster look like? This week it's uh, Dak Prescott, Austin Eckler, uh, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Pittman, uh, A.J. Brown, Henry, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the San Francisco D, and Elliot Philly, Philly's kicker. He's projected to lose to Ellis by three. He is indeed. Ellis really? got Jonathan Taylor number one overall. He's also got Lamar as his quarterback. Mike Evans, Cortland Sutton is his receiver, so he's got a good team too. Now, uh, what's his name? What's what's Ellis's team name? Um, well, he's definitely not being modest or shy because his team is simply called Pure Domination. Pure Domination. It's not as good as Animal what a Style. Joke. I think mine is the best one. <laughs> what a I think joke. I think me and Eddie have the two best names. I'm glad that we're facing off like one. Also, we're on this crew together, <laughs> and we'll be able to talk about it next week as well. But. Uh, I, I I really do think that Eddie and I like what once we're done with this week, I, I'm I'm willing to just have like a, a like a moral pact with you. I won't do anything on it. I'm just like ah! I'll, I'll I'll support you emotionally. <laughs> but I'm we, gonna win this week. Well, we'll see how it all plays out in one way or the other. I mean I just daddy daddy knows me, it's still just yeah. incredible. That and the that and the Carmel chip chips ahoy shake or whatever it is at Wawa. So, Unbelievable. So now I have the important question for you. Since you are not in the Fantasy League, who is your favorite team? Who are you repping this season? You're <laughs> making me choose a team between all those crazy names and all the stuff going on Yes, there? I am. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to have to look at each team, look at each roster, look at each name of each team of each roster. <laughs> Fair enough. And then make a decision. Fair enough. And by next week, you'll, you'll have one. All right. Sounds good. We'll see how it is. Hour one off that crazy note has come to a close. We'll step aside. Hour two coming up next. What a bunch of characters we got. But, at the, but, but hey, that's the beauty of the crew. You know, we, we have characters. We're in the crib. We're talking about fantasy football. We have these weird names. We have a lot to talk about more in hour two. But we'll take a break. We'll come back. Keep it tuned. WRSU Crew Tuesday edition. The first one of fall 2022 on WRSU-FM, New Brunswick.